You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life Podcast. You know, one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast, and particularly in this time of the pandemic, but probably even beyond that, is neuroscientists on the cutting edge of neuroscience with all the things that we can do now with imaging and the things that we know now that we didn't know 10, 15 years ago, is that neuroscience is telling us that we're always wiring and rewiring our brain. Our our brain is neuroplastic. It's always rewiring itself. You're never stuck with the wiring that you have, but the wiring that you have does come from all your experiences in the past. Your brain is constantly wiring itself based upon experiences of what you see, what you observe, what you think, what you say, what you hear. And so all your life, you've been wiring your brain. I've been wiring my brain all my life. And unfortunately, a lot of that wiring is, uh, for lack of a better word, dysfunctional wiring. What biblical meditation and praying through scripture does is it's teaching us, it's teaching, it's wiring our brain to see reality, not just horizontally, but also vertically, to see reality with the presence of God in it so that we interpret correctly. So the scriptures say, for example, like in Romans chapter 12, not to be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. We might just think not to think just culturally, but to be transformed, it says, by the renewing of your mind. So the Bible's been way ahead of all this. The Bible's been saying all this for 2,000 years, that it really does matter what you think. It, it, It matters how you interpret your sense of reality. So Philippians 4.8 says, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about such things. So the Bible's always been telling us it really matters how you think. It really matters how you think about what you think. So this brings us to that passage in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And before I read it, I want to remind us that in the last episode, we talked about what real holiness is. So a lot of times we think holiness is sort of this drab, gray, non-fun, non-joyful, condemning judgmentalism toward all things that aren't holy. And that's not what the Bible's view of holiness is at all. The Bible's view of holiness is, I think, really well described in this passage in Galatians 5, because it says the fruit of the Spirit. Now, it's talking, the Apostle Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit. So the the results of the Holy Spirit in our life, this is what holiness looks like in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So if that's what holiness looks like, because that's what the Holy Spirit brings in our life, that's the fruit, he says, of the Spirit, that means that one of the fruits of holiness in our life is joy and love and patience with people that we would otherwise be impatient with, kindness 
toward people that we would otherwise, if we were just going to be conformed to the pattern of this horizontal world, we might be tempted to be unkind toward, impatient toward, and unloving toward. Peace, having this sense of shalom in our lives, this sense of peace in our lives is, a, is holiness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We may not be surprised to hear self-control on a list of of holiness, but self-control not just in our moral decisions, but self-control in how we respond to people. Whether or not we fly off the handle and get angry quickly, impatient quickly. These are issues of holiness in our life. And I would also say that self-control in the sense of being joyful in horizontal circumstances where we were, if we were just conformed to the merely horizontal absence of God pattern of this world, we may not have a reason for joy. That's what holiness, that's what true holiness is. This is how we live redemptively in the now, in our culture, in our families, in our relationships, in our, in our friendships. This is how we live redemptively in the now as signposts of Jesus' coming kingdom. This is what the coming kingdom, this is what restoration on the earth is going to be like. This is what it's going to be like to to believe that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is how the land of the living is going to live. And and so part of renewing our mind and rewiring our brain and being filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit is to learn to embrace new patterns of thinking and reacting to circumstances in our lives. Instead of just being conformed to the mere horizontal patterns, the cultural patterns of this world, the patterns of this culture, and and therefore falling into the typical insecurities and self-protection, self-defense, jealousy, envy, self-pity. Instead of that, we're learning to have this true holiness that is always outward looking. And so... A good example of this, I'm just going to read this verse in Colossians 3.12 where the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, as God's chosen people, so the people who have the Holy Spirit in their lives, as God's chosen people, and he says, holy and dearly loved. So we, we know we're dearly loved by God in a way that that the mere horizontal thinking could never understand that we have this intense love of God we looked at in Ephesians 1 that causes God to have this plan of working all things according to his great love with which he loved us. This intense love for us that he had toward Jesus himself that he also has toward us. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, so it means joyful, loving, full of goodness, kindness, patience, peace, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, holy in the sense that we are set apart by God in, in Christ being in our lives, his Holy Spirit being in our lives. So let me finish the verse. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And so what he's saying there is, is that the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, these aren't things we passively wait for the Holy Spirit to bring in our lives. These are things we actively, consciously choose to clothe ourselves with. That's part of rewiring our brain. That's part of giving ourselves a new pattern of thinking, renewing our minds, letting our mind dwell on these things. And so 
I meditate on Galatians 2.20 a lot, and I pray through it a lot because it really does help me embrace this outward way of thinking and this vertical way of thinking about my horizontal circumstances. And I like to do it through, it helps me to do it through alliteration. It helps me remember why I can have these fruits in my life. So again, let me read Galatians 5.23. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is what holiness is, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so here's what I often say to myself when I, when I meditate on this, that because I have the Holy Spirit of the I Am living in me, because I have the Holy Spirit of Jesus living in me, the Holy Spirit of my Father living in me, there's a oneness there. I am in Him, He is in me. And because that is true, in that sense, I am holy and dearly loved right now, fully. In another sense, I'm pursuing the fruits of the Holy Spirit in my life. So, but because I have the Holy Spirit of the I am living in me, I embrace love for others because I can look at others with the love of God for them. So here's the alliteration. With every fruit, I'm going to have a word that is the reason why I can have that fruit that begins with the same letter. So I embrace love for others because I can look at others with the love of God for them. Because I have the Holy Spirit, I can look at people the way the Holy Spirit looks at them with a great sense of love, dearly loved. And I can love them the way the Holy Spirit loves them and and loves me. I embrace joy because I have Jesus. Now that's a a little bit of a cheat, right? Because, you know, Jesus is a, is a quick, easy answer, but it's, it's a way that helps me remember. I, when I realize I really do have Jesus living in me, that I have Jesus who has accomplished all that he has accomplished on the cross and by his resurrection and that the new creation is already in play. He's the first of a restored creation on earth by his resurrection body that I'm going to have too. Because I have Jesus, I have the full acceptance of God and so because I have Jesus, I really, if I really understand it and think vertically that way, I really can embrace joy in my life. Jesus is my king right now, my ruler right now, my good shepherd right now. Even in these uncertain horizontal circumstances, I can submit to him and trust him. When I submit to him as my king, I have joy. There's a real joy that comes from submitting to him as king. A lot of times we don't have joy, but we have worry and anxiety when we're resisting him as king. But when I submit to him as king, that's when I can begin to embrace the joy of of having Jesus in my life. I embrace peace because of his promise. Because I have the Holy Spirit, I have his promise in my life of full redemption, this restored earth, this inheritance that I have in Christ that's fully going to be mine because I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And this is a promise I have of God's presence in my life now and the promise I have of his kingdom of restoration that can give me peace now in otherwise very anxious circumstances. I embrace patience because of his presence in all circumstances, because I have the Holy Spirit. I have his presence always in my life. Remember, the I am is always in the present tense because he is always present in my present. I embrace kindness because of his kingdom, 
because I have the Holy Spirit, I have his kingdom, and in his kingdom is everything that my heart longs for, his presence, and the presence of glory and beauty and radiance with no death, no sin, no jealousy, no evil, no pride, no corruption, no cruelty. And because I have his kingdom, I can have kindness now. I can treat people now with the values of his kingdom as if I've come back from the future. We've talked about this in a couple episodes ago, but I can live now in my relationships and circumstances that would otherwise cause me to be unkind. I can be kind toward people because I know I'm an heir of the kingdom. I can treat them with kingdom values as if I've come back from the future, knowing what I have in the future, living in the present, but knowing the present is going to be overcome by this future kingdom. I embrace goodness because of his glory. Now, how does that work? How does goodness in my life and the things that are good instead of evil, the things that are good instead of selfish, how can I embrace goodness? Well, because his glory, when I know his glory outshines the glory of these flashing, shiny images of false promises, I don't have to embrace the sin and the worship of idols Instead, I can embrace goodness because I understand the glory of God is ultimate and that radiance and that beauty. And I can imagine the glory. I can use my imagination to imagine the glory of the God that created this entire universe as being the glory that I can see in the face of Christ, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. I embrace faithfulness because he is my father who cares for me. I'm dearly loved. He cares for me and every detail of my life. Every detail, Jesus says, not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of your father. He knows the very numbers of your hair, of your head. So my father cares for me and every detail of my life. Nothing happens to me outside of his care. And so I can embrace faithfulness rather than being panicky and trying to take things into my own hands and react in self-protection and self-preservation. I can be faithful because I know faithfulness is the path to my father's true will for my life, which is always going to be my best. I embrace gentleness because of his generosity and my inheritance of all things in Jesus. So I can be gentle and not have to grab and not have to fight for and not have to take. I embrace self-control. That's two letters. So I got to have two letters that alliterate. I embrace self-control because the Spirit of Christ, again, it might seem like a cheat, but it really does help me. I embrace self-control because the Spirit of Christ is in me, and he brings me into a oneness with him. The more I meditate on Scripture and the more I pray Scripture and rewire my brain with the truth of Scripture, he brings me into a oneness with him that starts to begin to change what I love, and what he loves is what I want to love. And he's changing what I want to love because the spirit of Christ lives in me. And therefore, I embrace self-control. All right, so we're probably not going to remember this whole list. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, I remember it because I've been a Christian a long time and have said it a long time. But I actually shorten it. And so what I do when I'm trying to pray... Remember I talked about in several episodes ago that one of the things I like to pray often uh, several days a week is I like to just sort of say out loud, this is the day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to walk in the good works that God has prepared for me to walk into beforehand. And the, the, the third thing I pray in this little litany is 
So I embrace love and I embrace joy and I embrace appreciation today. Now, appreciation to me is sort of a synonym of the word gratitude. That word gratitude is not on this list of the fruits of the Spirit in this verse, but it's definitely mentioned in other places in the New Testament as a fruit of the Spirit. A heart of gratitude, giving thanks, is a, a very important fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I, I just think it's a good summary, too, of the rest of the fruits. I think if we have love and joy and a appreciation. I like the word appreciation instead of gratitude because there's something about the word gratitude that's lost its meaning. It's been overused in Christian circles. And so I I like the word appreciation because it makes me stop and think about what that word really means. And if I think, yeah, I should be a person of appreciation. I should be a person of love and joy and appreciation because of all the truths that are mine as a as a Christian, having Jesus, having the kingdom of God, having the I am as my father, and that defines who I am, and it defines my future, it defines my present. And so I should be, more than anybody on the planet, a person who understands why I need to have appreciation and have that permeate how I view my day, view my circumstances, regardless of what they are. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. I'm going to appreciate what God has for me because I appreciate all that God has done for me in Christ and all that he's giving me in Christ and his promises that I have in Christ, the future that is guaranteed in Christ. And so, yeah, I just, those three things. And so I say, I have joy because I have the spirit of the I am in me. I have love. I have joy. I have appreciation today, right now. And that's just a good way to summarize, I think, these verses and, and, and summarize these, this list of things. So in that sense, let, let me lead you in a time of prayer and I'm going to try to do it the way I kind of do it myself, and I'm going to add a few things since this is this is going to be a little bit longer prayer than just the little quick things I say to myself each day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the Heavenly Father that Jesus says I can pray to, you are, well, I, the Lord's Prayer, my Father in heaven. And that defines not just who you are to me, it defines who I am to you. I'm your child. I am a child of the I am who created this universe, who rules over every atom in this universe, who rules over quantum physics, who rules over DNA, who rules over viruses, who rules over every dust, molecule, photon in this entire universe of billions of galaxies. And you tell me to call you Father, my Father in heaven. I don't know where heaven is, but it is a dimension that you rule and you reign and there is no unrighteousness there. There is no sadness there. There is no death there. There is glory and radiance and beauty and righteousness and love. So as I am a person who has been chosen and dearly loved by my Father in heaven, because I have the spirit of my Father in heaven, the I am in me, there's a oneness there. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, because of the Holy Spirit, there's a oneness there that goes far deeper and far more mysterious than I have any idea 
but I believe what you say. I'm going to believe your word. You're my father in heaven. The security that that brings me, the belongingness that that brings me, chosen and dearly loved. So I have love. I have joy. I have appreciation. That that would permeate how I treat everyone, that that would permeate my concept of what today is and what my circumstances are, how I see today, how I define my day, how I define my purpose today is to spread joy and spread love and spread appreciation, how I treat people, how I talk about people, how I talk to people, how I treat my, my wife, how I talk to my kids, how I talk to people that I work with, how I talk to somebody that's in my way, my way, so what? That I would treat them with love and joy and appreciation, and that I would see them with the love that you see them, that I would see them with the joy that I have because I'm an heir in Christ of all that you have given me by this salvation, this restoration, this resurrection, this restored earth to beauty and glory and love and radiance and holiness and splendor and majesty and joy, gladness. Jesus says, I came that your joy might be made full. Joy of holiness, the joy of your Holy Spirit, the gladness of heart, the love, the belongingness, the appreciation, the gratitude, and therefore the kindness and the gentleness and the faithfulness in my relationships and the faithfulness and people being able to count on me, trust me, that I'm not going to betray them in how I talk about them, how I talk to them, how I treat them, the self-control, the goodness, the peace. Because you are my Father in heaven. Ultimate be your name in my heart, my soul. Joy, love, and appreciation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.